0: Why should you review your beneficiary designations annually? This is a very important topic. Beneficiaries are how we are able to transfer money in the most seamless way when that time does happen of death. So we want to be uh, very diligent about it. We want to understand a lot of things around beneficiary designations as well. So we're taking some time here to kind of walk you through a story that that we read on MarketWatch. Um, so you can go read it yourself. But it made us start thinking about this again and how important it is, which is why we want to talk about it uh, as much as we can. And, and so to help you start thinking through it, if, if if things are in place for you, are they correct? Or do you need to go take a look at them?
1: Yeah. In this episode, we're going to list seven steps that everyone needs to do in thinking about their beneficiaries. It lays it out very nicely. If you listen to it, then you go, well, what are all those steps? Don't worry. We have a blog written on this. You can go to our website, pomwealth.net, go to the blog page and you'll see the whole article there with all those seven steps. Also, if you're listening to this and you think this triggers something that maybe you want to talk about, maybe you have a question about, then go to our website, go to the top right-hand corner, click on Schedule Call, and you can see our calendar come up. You can hop on a call with us. It's completely complimentary. We'll hop on that call and and answer any questions that you have. Uh, But before we get into this episode, we have a very quick disclosure.
0: The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq.
1: Welcome everyone to Secure Your Retirement Podcast. Uh, We are certainly uh, glad to be able to talk to you about a topic that we believe is very, very important, and that is reviewing your beneficiary designations. And we believe this should be done annually, so each and every year. So really uh, what prompted this for Merce and I to kind of talk about this again, uh, because we had a conversation around this back in September of 2022, Around beneficiary designations, just the overall, like what kind of accounts can I put beneficiaries on and that kind of thing. But in this particular situation, there was an article in MarketWatch and it kind of triggered me to go, wow, you know, we we need to come back and talk about the importance of just reviewing our beneficiary designations. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of start off, I'm going to tell the story and then Merce, if you can kind of tell us your takeaways from it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So here's the situation Um, a man, has an account uh, worth about $80,000 and he passes away. Well, when he passes away, the beneficiary designation, the person designated as the beneficiary was his prior wife because he had remarried. So not, not the current wife, but a prior wife. Now his prior wife though was deceased prior to him. So now she's not in place. So if you leave money behind and the beneficiary is not alive and there's nobody else listed below them as a contingent, then that money goes to the person's estate and has to go through the estate, goes through probate, goes through all those things. Well, what makes this story a little bit more interesting is this man has a daughter and uh, it was her understanding that she, this was for her. This was her, the, the dad wanted her to have the account. In fact, the stepmother, actually sent her a text. And in that text, she says, your dad wanted you to have this account. Well, now because the beneficiary wasn't listed correctly, it goes to the estate. The current wife, her stepmother is the executors of the, of the estate. So later she decides, you know what? I don't really think this account was for you. I think your dad wanted me to have the account. So this daughter writes in and says, what's the legality here? I got a text from her that says that she agreed on this, and now she's changed her mind. She says she thinks the, the account's for her. So the the unfortunate part of this is a text is not going to hold up very good in a legal battle. Plus, she's the executor. So there's no real proof other than the fact that she says, I think that's what your dad would have wanted. And so now the daughter is really not going to be able to get these funds because it's going through the estate and there's no clear indication the estate didn't have her listed on the estate side of things. So, uh, you know, to me, this is an example of somebody who basically just forgot and to go back and check their beneficiary designation. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to go too much further. That's the story. So Merce, kind of tell us the takeaways that you got from this.
0: Yeah, I think stories like this are just, they're they're terrifying because- You know, who knows what the the end result the the father wanted, but now it's being decided by someone else. So the the best way and key takeaways here, the best way to avoid this scenario for you or your loved ones is to always be looking to update your beneficiary forms, always be checking uh, your beneficiaries on all your accounts. And always remember that a lot of accounts, it's not just IRAs and not just life insurance and 401ks a lot of accounts can have beneficiaries associated to them. So take a list of all the accounts that you have and, and, and start checking to see, cause you know, a checking account can have a beneficiary to it. A savings account can as well. It's not commonly done, but if you do it, it makes your life and your, the, the, the estate process a lot simpler. So always update beneficiaries, especially if you remarry or, um, or someone does pass away in your, in the, in the lineage. So. Uh, that should be something that I think is checked on an annual basis. Uh, also, realize that uh, the law, probate law, state state law can vary from state to state. Right. So if you hear about one story about how it went down in California, and you live in North Carolina, well, it doesn't matter about California. It's, it's, it's probate in a state law uh, is going to be state to state. So understand what those rules are for your own for your own state. <clears throat> and I think a key one that Raiden pointed out is text messages really just aren't any proof of anything, uh, especially when it comes to money and inheritance. Uh, so in the case of the daughter, she's asking if she can open a, open a probate case to kind of argue that it is her money and try to see if the text message will work. We don't know what the answer to that is, but uh, that takes us to the next thing is that contesting an inheritance, opening a probate case is going to be costly and it's going to take a long time so we want to avoid that scenario as best as possible which all comes back to you got it the beneficiary form let's make sure that's done properly uh, in most cases payments to a beneficiary a, a primary beneficiary if that primary is not around it's going to go to a contingent so in this case there was no contingent beneficiary assigned that would have made the 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 question wouldn't have been there at all if there was a contingent assigned on the on the eighty thousand dollar inheritance, so uh, you want to have a primary and a contingent at the very least. Um, and then, if someone is going to pass away without a will, just like in this case, uh, this it, it, it went to probate court. Basically, what probate is is that you know there's there's a all in all essence there's a hierarchy of who's going to get the asset if there are no wishes that are left behind. So you don't want to leave that up to judge the judge doesn't know you the judge doesn't know the family but they're going to have to make some decision some way somehow so you want to be careful and avoid as best as possible um, probate and again that's going to be different from state to state so that's my main takeaways but obviously number one is the beneficiary form that's going to drive everything that's going to supersede the will the beneficiary form on accounts is going to be more important than what the will is going to say about the account
1: All right. So now what we're going to do is, you know, that was the story and the takeaways from the story. But to be very specific, we thought what we do is list out seven uh, things, steps that you need to do to manage your beneficiaries. Um, And remember, don't think, oh, man, I I know this. I know exactly who the beneficiary is. So let's just go through these seven steps because these will help guide you uh, through this. So number one, review your beneficiary designations annually. Now you might think that's just too often. Why would I do that? I just did it last year. Well, we believe it's important. In fact, we believe it's so important for our clients. We have built out a process where we do a a beneficiary review each year with our clients. We basically show them who's listed on every single account, the name, the percentage, uh, the, the primaries, the contingents, everything that's on there and we have it there and we lay it out for them. And then they're able to just sign off saying, yep, I agree, that's what it all is. So we compile that for our clients. So if you're not a client of ours, then then just do it yourself, just go. And again, what that means is, if you've got an account and a 401k, maybe you've got one at Charles Schwab, maybe you got one at uh, uh, Vanguard, maybe you've got an old 401k, whatever it is, you're gonna need to reach out to each one of them and you ask them who they have as your beneficiaries. Remember, you might find a form that you sent in to them where you told them who the beneficiary is. That is not verifying who the beneficiary is. It's your account, your responsibility to reach out to the institution so that you can make sure they got it correctly there. Because it's possible you could have sent a form in and they never did change it. Now, that might be something you could fix, but it will be very difficult for a beneficiary to be able to prove and have that paper trail. So mm-hmm. Ask the institution to send to you who they have listed as your beneficiary. Do it annually.
2: I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out.
0: All right, step number two, you want to consider tax implications. And what I mean by this is, you want to understand the accounts that you're leaving behind, and the accounts, the the tax classification of of the accounts. So, an IRA is taxed one way. A Roth IRA is taxed another way. Real estate's gonna be taxed one way. Um, a taxable or uh, a non-qualified brokerage type of account is gonna be taxed another way. So, you want to understand the implications of each, and that may help you think through. Well, who should who is the proper beneficiary for this type of account? Um, and, and so the more you understand there, I think the the smoother it can make the inheritance process as well for, for the people that are inheriting.
1: Yeah. I think one, two, I'll add on that. Um, and we might talk about this a little bit more in another step as well, but if I, if I am leaving money to, let's say a, a son or a daughter who is a very high income earner and the likelihood is that they're going to basically take that money, pay a very high tax on it, and then go give it to in all essence, your grandchildren, there are ways you can set things up so that they don't have to pay those big taxes, your son or daughter-in-law, if they a daughter rather, if they are high income earners. So if you have a high income earning child, you want to make sure that we do a couple steps so that that person has the ability to do what is called disclaiming so that it can go to the children and the children then would inherit it and they could pay it at their tax rate. But you don't have to make that decision. You could let your son or daughter make that decision when they receive the money, they can make that choice. So you, there's there's ways to do that. So that might be something you wanna get more information about. And so it, I'll just trigger it. Again, high-income earning earning beneficiaries have an extra conversation around taxes. All right, number three, understand the impact on your overall estate plan. I think if we think through this one, just remember that, let's say, I'm just going to make a, a, an illustration here. Let's say I've got a million dollars I'm leaving behind. And let's say that most of it is in an IRA 401k status, which means I'm going to have beneficiaries on it. And let's say that the remaining part is just going to go through the estate plan. Well, if if in one place I say, I want this money to go whatever at some high percentage to one child, and then I, I do 50-50 in the other part of the plan, I could be disinheriting a child in all essence. So I want to look at how overall, what's the amount. So when our, when we do our beneficiary review, we actually put dollar amounts to it. So that means child one is going to get this amount in dollars. Child two is going to get this. And then you can look at your estate plan and say, okay, how do I want to deal with everything else? I'll give you an example of what we just talked about. I was with a client and in the client conversation, the client said, I, we've got a house. Uh, in, in, in the mountains that my son has never even been to. My daughter loves it though. So what we're thinking about doing is just leaving that house to my daughter. But I got to think about the whole plan as to how we do that. So I'm going to use again, a simple illustration. Let's say that the house was worth 500,000. And let's say in addition to the house, they had a million dollars right uh, in other assets. So that's a million and a half dollar estate So if he leaves the $500,000, if they leave the $500,000 house to the daughter on her own, well, she doesn't necessarily now get 50-50 of the million, you see, because 500,000 is she's getting out of that million five. So it'd be a lower percentage of the remaining million she's going to get if they want 50-50 of the total estate to go to the children. So think that through, look at the whole estate plan, not just each little section. So let's, let's just think that through.
0: All right, number four, consider the needs of your beneficiaries uh, when you're making these designations, it's important to consider uh, how the assets and what the assets are that you're leaving behind, how that will impact their lives. So go back to the one example Raiden gave of the the high income earning son or daughter, and they really don't need the inheritance, but you want to leave them e- the equal amount that you're leaving their their other sibling, right? So you're leaving them the money and in that example, we want to also make sure we're Setting up the beneficiaries, like he said, so that we can potentially that that high income earning son or daughter has the ability to disclaim and send it down the line to their kids at a lower tax rate. So that's one that you want to think about that uh, think about it from their perspective, because they're saying, "Oh man, I, I'm so happy I got this money, but I just don't need this money. The kids could, and so as long as I have the ability to disclaim, that's a possibility." Uh, another one to think about is if you have a special needs. Uh, uh, beneficiary. <clears throat> Sometimes special needs beneficiaries are uh, uh, under some certain subsidies, whether through so- social security disability or through uh, or through Medicaid or anything like that. So, so some subsidies, if they come into an inheritance in the wrong way, well, then some of those subsidies could go away. Some of those things that are helping them out could go away. So uh, that usually involves some trust trust type stuff, and you would talk to an attorney about that type of structuring. Um, but you want to be careful about that. Another one is, and this one I think is more common, is, well, you you want to leave money behind to the kids, uh, and but you just have one child that is um, uh, a spendthrift in the sense that they're not financially all that good with their own money, and you're worried that if they get it too early, at too early of an age, say in their early 20s or early 30s, that if they inherit 500,000 they're going to go and spend it right away and they're going to struggle on with the rest of their financial lives. Um, so that is something to consider. And there are ways that you can structure how they receive the money as well. You're kind of making that decision for them, which again, is going to involve a trust and, and and talking with an attorney. But those are some ones that come to mind that you want to consider, not just the fact that you want to leave money behind, but how do you want to leave money behind and the impacts that it leaves on the on the receivers of the inheritance.
1: All right. Our next one is be specific. What that means, I'll just give you an example. Let's say that uh, your intent is that you would like to leave a certain amount of money. I'm going to use 25% straight to the grandkids, or you want it to go to the grandkids. It is better to list them as beneficiaries than to basically tell my son or daughter, hey, I want 25% of this to go to the grandkids, so give it to them. Okay. And that's not because that the son or daughter is going to necessarily not do your wishes, but it could be confusing. They might forget. Um, uh, um, there could be all kinds of scenarios. So I just say, be specific and you can do that super easy. All you got to do is say 75% goes to your children and then 25% and you just list out the grandchildren all as primary beneficiaries. And then that way there's no confusion whatsoever. And you, if you've got you know, two or three grandchildren. You just have to put that out as percentages, even to them as well. So just take the time to list all of your beneficiaries.
0: Number six, you want to consult with an attorney, especially if you're having trouble making a decision or don't understand how things uh, are going to play out. An attorney is going to be a second set of eyes. They're going to help you think through scenarios. They they, they are very experienced in this. I know attorneys that won't draft their own documents themselves, even though they're Completely, perfectly capable to. They want to walk through it with another professional so that they can have a second set of eyes on things. Um, and so, you know, that I think that'll be important. They'll help you think through not just beneficiaries, but the estate plan in general, which we believe is a will, the power of attorneys, durable and health care, HIPAA, HIPAA documents for medical releases. And then if there's a need for a trust, they're going to help you think through that as well. So, uh, you always want to uh, resort to them. I would say I, you you can hear about you know the people writing their wills on a sticky note and stuff like that. And while that can held up, I hold up. I wouldn't rely on it. too. you want something that is legally drafted by an attorney.
1: All right, this leads us to our final one, number seven. Consider contingencies. Now we could tie our story back here if we wanted to. How we opened out this uh, opened up this particular episode. Um. If if you name a primary, I always say, name a contingent. Um, and the reason why is that if for some reason you got sick, you, you, you didn't remember to go and check your beneficiaries annually, it, the contingency basically says, if your primary beneficiary is not alive, they're not there, the contingency then is already there. So go back to our story, had the dad listed the mom as the primary, and then listed the daughter as a contingent, it would have not gone to the estate. It would have basically looked and said, hey, the primary is not in place. It automatically goes down to the contingent. And it would have avoided all that confusion. It would have been super clear and easy. Now, what if he had named a beneficiary so long ago that the daughter wasn't alive? Is there a way to kind of have a contingency even for those that are not born yet? So for example, grandchildren, maybe you're leaving some money to your children, your, your, your son or daughter, and you say, well, if they're not in place, I want it to be go to their kids. But we don't really know who all their kids are yet. Maybe they're young enough that they're still having kids. There's a way that you can do that. And basically, if, a, if the institution will let you, most will, you can put the name of your primary beneficiary and then say her stirpes after that. So that's P-E-R, stirpes, S-T, is it E-R-I-R?
0: S-T-I-R-P-E-S. I r- yeah,
1: yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, so per stirpes, and what that means is, is that if the primary is not in play, it goes down equally to their descendants. So let's just imagine that you had left this account to your son or daughter, and they had two children, right? Um, then what's going to occur is that if, the, if your beneficiary is not there, it's going to go 50-50 to each of those children. And we don't have to even think about naming them or anything. They don't have to be there. If we have that per stirpes, it's just going to drive it down, okay? Always have a contingency, even if you don't know that the contingencies are there yet, okay? It'll always help out in that particular category. We hope this was helpful. Uh, we know that this is, uh, you know, you think about this scenario, it's, it kind of sounds sad that a daughter thinks that, hey, this is supposed to go there. But confusion can lead to sadness, so let's be specific. And then that way we, we have our wishes taken care of. Um, and we make sure that our loved ones uh, know that that was our intent. Because had he said it, had he said all that, then the daughter could just say, "Hey, Dad decided not to leave me the money." She could rest at that. But if you think that was supposed to come to you, and now you kind of you can only imagine the relationship she feels now toward her stepmom. So we hope this has been helpful. We have a whole blog written on this, so you can go to our website pomwealth.net, go to the blog page. If you're thinking to yourself, "I'd like to talk to you a little bit." about this. You can also go to our website, go to the top right-hand corner, click on schedule call and our calendar comes right up and you can get right on our calendar and have a conversation with myself or Merce. And we do that at no obligation, completely complimentary. We hope you have a great day, a great week. We'll talk to you again next Monday.
2: All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast if you found value in today's episode we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to itunes and give us a five-star rating and a review be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it and we'll send you a special gift our book get off the retirement roller coaster just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift also be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week and finally Please share our podcast with your favorite social network, so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.